Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I am so happy today. Well, I have to admit, I am happy most days. What can I say? I am loving life and feel blessed every day to be waking up to the sunshine and being in a loving and supportive community. You know, if I look back, I don't think I could ever imagine a life like this. I think about those important moments in time and the people that helped me get to where I am. And one of those people that has made a huge impact on my life besides my fourth grade teacher and my school social worker in high school was my business coach, Amber Sweener. Now, Amber was a person that I met when I decided I was going to take a leap of faith and go to a seminar out in the Philippines called the Tropical Think Tank put on by Chris Ducker. I had never been to a retreat like this before, but for some reason I felt drawn to going to the Philippines. I didn't have the money, so I signed up for a credit card. I sold some of the stuff that my father had left me when he passed, and I made the money so that I could pay for that ticket and the flight to the Philippines. And I'm so happy that I did because I got so much out of that trip. It changed my life, and I also met Amber. Now, Amber and I met at the airport in Korea, and we took a flight to the Philippines together. And that was about four years ago. And since then, Amber and I have been able to stay in touch. And when I realized that I wanted to do some rebranding, she was the person that I went to. And I am so glad that I did during the time of my life that I did. She has helped me with my business, but she has also helped me take some big, scary steps in my life because she's somebody that when you connect with her, you just feel so powerful that you will take on whatever's in front of you. And this year, well, last year, 2020, she held a retreat in the fall and I decided I was going to join it. And at that retreat is when I decided that I was going to move to Puerto Rico. There was something there that just inspired me. I put things in place and I just said, I'm moving to Puerto Rico. I'm going to try it out for five weeks. And lo and behold, here I am today, six months later, looking to purchase a piece of property here because I'm just so in love with what my life has turned into. So I'm super excited because Amber and I are actually joining forces and holding a retreat here in Puerto Rico in July, and it's called the Wild Woman Retreat. And it is going to be one of those retreats like I've had where it changes your life. You meet other powerhouse people who are looking to step it up in their business, step it up in their life, and be able to do that in a way that might not be traditional in other retreats. And I would like to send an invitation out to you and this is called the Wild Woman's Retreat. So this is for female identifying individuals. And it is a four-day, three-night retreat, all-inclusive, except for the flight because, you know, I don't know where you're flying from. We can't purchase flying tickets for everybody. And you come to Puerto Rico and you enjoy our retreat that we're putting on for you. And I can tell you that you will walk away saying, holy shit, I'm glad I did it. It's going to change my life. So if you're interested in something like that, if you're ready for a change, and I know a lot of people are after being cooped up for a year, make sure you head over to my website, 
melissadilvasilva.com and head into my group retreats page. And there you can sign up for a consultation to see if this retreat would be a good fit for you and if Amber and I would be a good fit for you as well. So it's interesting that I talk about this because my guest today probably would say the same thing about how she would never imagine where she is in her life right now if she were to think about it 20, 25 years ago. And she also listened to this divine force, this feeling inside her to follow what it was telling her. And her path took her to this interesting life of being a talented burlesque dancer and finding her current wife. And it is amazing how what she thought her life was supposed to be and what it is now is completely different. She's also written a book about her journey and she also shares it with us today in this interview. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Anna Brooke. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. Welcome for joining me for another episode with Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm super pumped today because I love talking to anybody who loves taking off their clothes and talking about it. And today I have Anna Brooke. And Anna has written a book called Stripped Down, How Burlesque Has Taken Me Home and has an amazing story that I am excited to listen to. So welcome, Anna. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) And I just want to let everybody know that we are both clothed right now. But who knows what will happen at the end of the episode? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So that's true. Now, Anna, you wrote this book. Tell us how this book has come about. With pleasure. So the book came about after many, many, many years of people telling me that I should write. I have always enjoyed writing, telling stories and helping others, you know, sort of through my own trials and travails so they don't have to go through it. So I can sort of give them a leg up as it were. And I finally back in 2018 was like, all right, let's do this. Like, as one of my dear friends used to say, we're here for a good time, not a long time. So I was like, all right, I got to make this happen if this is what I'm meant to be doing. So It took me about a year and change to write. And then whoever out there has written a book, you'll know that it's a long, beautiful, messy process. Lots of blood, sweat, and tears for sure. And then somehow, magically, it all came together. I still am not sure how it happened, but I published a book last year. It came out in late May of 2020, which has been, you know, its own sort of wild, beautiful challenge. You know, publishing during the pandemic has taken a real hit. And so taking this sort of in a grassroots kind of way and being able to talk with folks like yourself about the book and some of the messages in there, I'm finding it's it's so much fun to sort of go off the beaten track, as it were. But the book itself is part memoir, part manifesto. It's how I came into the magical world of burlesque, which for those who don't know, is the art of the striptease. And how it sort of brought all of me along with it into the full present moment. And I got to watch myself in sort of the safe haven of backstage and certainly on stage and rehearsals for shows, all of this sort of beautiful, well, to borrow the tagline of your show, the beautifully queer and creative backstage for me to get really clear on what was holding me back from my own joy and where I was not giving myself full permission to simply be who I was, the magnificent weirdo that I am. And it was really all of my fabulous burlesque colleagues that, you know, whether they realize it or not, we drew that out of me. You know, they taught me by example. 
how to live loud and proud and throw a whole bunch of glitter on it because life is a celebration. We deserve to celebrate our bodies and this wild gift called life. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I love that we're here for a good time, not a long time, because as I'm hitting the big four zero, I'm starting to see like, I might be halfway done. And now I'm like, let's just do it. Like, you know, there is no stopping, you know, once you're free, it's like the best feeling. So how did you decide like burlesque dancing is for me? I love this question. So my background was in art. I grew up, the only class that ever made school for me was art, specifically art history, which I didn't take until my senior year of high school, but it's the only class I ever got straight A's on. And I was like, great, this is what I want to do. I want to be a curator. I want to work for museums. I want to put exhibits together because that's really what gave me life. And long story short, I went, it is a very long story that I'm going to keep extremely short, but I went to England for graduate school, primarily because I didn't have to take the GRE and it was cheaper than going to grad school in the U.S., And I got my degree. I got a great job that I was allowed to work under my student visa. And then I wasn't able to get my visa. Ultimately, we applied through my job, applied, applied, applied. And I kept getting rejected, kept getting rejected. And so I had to come home back. My hometown is New York City. And I had to come home for about five weeks because I was allowed to be working for the job, but just not in the UK. And I just knew something was wrong. It was, I was working for a small nonprofit arts organization, which was led on a thousand gallons of heart and a shoestring budget. And we all poured every fiber of our beings into that job. And when I removed myself physically from it and went back home, I realized that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know which way was up. I realized that I had sort of removed all of my parameters, as it were, so that I could be of service to my job. And as a result of that, I felt like water that was just looking for a vessel, like water Mm. being poured into a cup. Just tell me the shape you need me to take. I don't want to have to think on my own. I don't want to get in trouble for thinking on my own. I just tell me what I should do. And so I went home and I just knew something was wrong. And so I went to this weekend retreat. My mom lives in the Berkshires in Western Mass. So I went to a beautiful retreat center up there for a weekend and it was for a workshop called Trust Your Vibes. And it was really the only thing on that weekend. It was my only weekend. I was with my mom for a week and I was like, okay, I want to take these two days for myself. Long story short, it was the perfect workshop because the leader kept saying, trust your sixth sense, come into your body and pay attention to the messages that are dropping in. Not the ones that you're concocting in your head, not the logical ones that make sense to go from A to B to C to D. No, listen to that authentic voice inside. It wasn't until the very last day, it was the Sunday of the workshop, and she was leading us through a guided meditation, and she asked us to ask ourselves, what would bring you the greatest joy as a job, as a career? Mm. And by this point, I was wide open. I was just like, all right, you know, God, universe, source, energy, just bring it on. I, I, I have no idea what's happening. I was 29, you know, Saturn return. It was a mess. So I was like, all right, just I'm opening up. Let's do this. And I heard the term burlesque dancer. And I didn't know what that was. And wow. I had every single hair come up on my body. I've never had this happen before or since. I would love for it to happen again. It was a wildly amazing cosmic thing. I felt like I got hit by lightning in that room. And I remember opening my eyes and looking to the side because something literally spoke into my ear that said burlesque mm-hmm. dancer. 
And my whole life, I had been a dancer, you know, at the supermarket, at CVS, friends' birthday parties. If there was music playing, I could not stop my body from moving. But like from my academic background, like what? You, you can't make a living doing that. Like, what are you nuts? Mm-hmm. So I ran home, hopped on the computer, and my jaw hit the desk when I saw what a burlesque dancer was. And I was like, <laughs> all right, you crazy force of mystery. Like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to, I'm just going to keep going with this. Why not? And as all of my dreams of remaining in the UK got dashed and my visa applications kept getting rejected, mm. I was taking off on this burlesque trajectory that I initially thought was just going to be a hobby. But then it became my full-blown career for about, wow. you know, a strong 14 years before Holy I shit. got a back injury <laughs> and really back off stage. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's extraordinary what happens when we give permission to just hear what's meant for us. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And I think like once you've had that experience of that voice, that power that speaks to you and you're open to listening, it's an amazing experience. And you wish that for everybody, like everybody would be able to have that experience. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the retreats that I'm doing now, because Puerto Rico has done that for me. And so it's like, I want to be able to provide that for other people too, you know? And just like you said, you want to be able to help people so they don't have to go through the same trials and tribulations that you've gone through. And like that, that's probably like my whole life as well. It's like, I became a social worker for that reason, having retreats for that reason. And it's just so amazing of like, what happens when you just pause and then listen and then allow it to come. So that is awesome that that had happened to you. And now you have this book and you're on the cover of your own book. And that is pretty badass. I am. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, George. I have to say, you know, the term like don't judge a book by its cover. Yes. It's wild because in on the cover, you guys can see it online. It's a picture of me, a studio shot shot by my wonderful friend, Leland Babe. And it's, you know, just one of those classic burlesque shots. And yes. I have gotten such wild feedback about this cover. And I now keep in mind, all I'm showing in it flesh wise is my shoulders. Those shoulders, man, they will get legs. you That's in trouble. I'm, I'm, a boa <laughs> is wrapped around me. Those shoulders, those shoulds. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's <laughs> there have been people who I have found out don't want to buy the book because of the quote unquote racy cover. Meanwhile, women are more unclothed on Amazon on a regular basis selling at socks. I don't yes. know. Um, but it's been fascinating how many people get sort of like shocked by the cover. And it's like, no, no, it's just me. It's just me mm-hmm. wearing a boa and some makeup and some hair and some earrings and a flower. Like, same moi. That's, that, that's it. There's nothing to be scared of. But I think the act of being seen in our mm-hmm. culture is very thorny for mm-hmm. specific, well, I think for everybody. I can only speak as a formerly heterosexual uh, cis female bodied person. But being seen is an enormous act of bravery in our Mm. society, I feel. And when I say Mm -hmm. bravery, I also mean courage. Because the word courage comes from, it's Latin, but also it went into French. It's rooted in the word for heart. You Mm. know, in French, it's cœur, which is literally means the heart. And so courage coming from the heart, telling your truth. And the beautiful phrase that, you know, vulnerability is our greatest strength. Mm. This is around being seen, around telling our truth that is ours and ours alone to tell is, I feel not only an immense act of courage, but it's one that helps to feed those who are looking for a little 
a tip, a snack, this or that, you Mm -hmm. know, just like trying to figure out what comes next or does my story even matter? And P.S. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Everybody's story is so important and we never know who our stories can touch. And I've been blown away by emails and, you know, certain readers reaching out to me, even on the Amazon reviews, I have like 41 reviews and I'm like, I don't know most of you, but thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like all of these incredible, you know, mothers giving their daughters this book, you know, friends sharing it between each other, because it really is the deeper message of the book is, you know, please listen to love, just Mm. listen to love, drop judgment, drop any attachment to separation, which is the thought that we are somehow separate from the force that we are made of and that has created us. I'm non-denominational. So like I very rarely use the word God on its Mm -hmm. own. It's a very convenient term to use, but there's a lot of burden carried in that word um, Mm -hmm. because of what humans have done to each other in that name. So I like to play with lots of words around that, but you know, it is about listening to that divine spark that is within us. Cause I firmly believe that each of us are here for a reason. We have some beautiful, fabulous, magical gift to deliver into the world in this fabulous multiverse that we live in. And, you know, whether it's an incredible drag show, whether it's getting up on the mic and speaking your poetry for the first time, maybe it's writing a book, maybe it's being the first one on the dance floor when you're always the last one, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. as well as bigger things. Maybe you want to be a corporate accountant. Maybe you want to run an amazing podcast. Like the root message is when you pay attention to your heart, Yes. I personally believe your life opens up. I believe that too. And I enjoy the fact that when I'm listening to my heart, I actually feel it. Like I have like this feeling that comes Mm. in my chest and that's what I listen to. It's like, okay, that feeling's there. Yes, yes, yes. This is in alignment of what I want, what I want to give. It's just an amazing, amazing feeling. Once we start feeling like we're separate from our bodies and our minds, it is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that shoulders throw people over the edge, it's (laughs) ridiculous. I recently posted a photo of me. I had like a little bit of side boob and a hip. And oh my Lord, people started coming out of the woodwork. (laughs) I was like, it's just side boob. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How dare you have a body and use it how you want to. Yeah. Wow. Or show it a little sliver, like how beautiful, how fabulous. And, and that's interesting too, of how like, you know, people might think like the art of burlesque is not relevant anymore, right? Because we can just go into any place and find nude bodies. And it's just like, we're desensitized to that. Mm-hmm. But there's something to burlesque. What is it that just continues to keep it alive? This is such a beautiful question. I'll give the short answer first and then a slightly longer answer. The root term of burlesque means strip tease. Mm-hmm. And to focus on the word tease for just a moment, We live in a society where we have immediate gratification all the time. We want to see something now. We want to see something fast. I mean, even the movie Burlesque, which I actually love, it's just like campy and hilarious. Unfortunately, it has absolutely nothing to do with burlesque, (laughs) apart from name alone, because for a variety of reasons, it's still a wonderfully entertaining movie, but it is not, it is not the art of burlesque whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I think when burlesque did die out for a while, it sort of bottomed out in the sixties and seventies. Because I was going to say, did Christina Aguilera bring it back? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm great. She she got some moves. I want those sequin shorts with hands on them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was part of a bigger renaissance that happened. It started happening in the early 2000s. The burlesque scene in the, you know, the golden age of burlesque is considered the 1940s and 1950s, 
When you get into the 60s, that was really the rise of, well, first off, movies were real and all over the place. And burlesque itself took a hit when talkies or, you know, movies that had sound, um, spoken sound, became very popular because vaudeville started to decrease. But with burlesque, it wasn't until the 60s when it sort of started to crater a little bit because strip clubs started popping out, which very mm. much born of burlesque. But why be teased if you can get everything at once and just sit there and be catered to? Strip club, I'm super pro strip club. I love strippers. Mm-hmm. You know, the strip club mode is to go one person at a time versus mm-hmm. burlesque is playing to the entire theater. And I really love the theatricality of burlesque. But the last thing I want to say with it is that, you know, it was drag queens, you know, and certainly ah. some of the women who carried it through that sort of period of time. But the the victory roles, the sort of 1940s style, mm-hmm. there were a lot of really stunning drag queens at the time who sort of carried that through the 70s, the 80s, you know, even into the 90s. And that's when the, in the late 90s, mid late 90s, early 2000s is when the neo burlesque movement really cropped up. And some people considered in 2000, there was a big festival in New Orleans called Teaserama that sort of Mm. brought all of these scenes together at once. And that sort of kicked off a more unified neo-burlesque movement, as opposed to these like little indie scenes that were popping up in cities all over America. Interesting. Wow. That is an awesome history of burlesque. Like, it's such a beautiful art. I feel like I was a burlesque dancer in a past Mm -hmm. life. (laughs) Yeah, I had a dream to perform on stage, um, the Chicago uh, song, All That Jazz. And when I worked at a charter school, it was a performing arts charter school, and we were required to like perform in the talent show. And I got to perform on the big stage. I watched that freaking video so many times. I mean, the 250 views are probably all me. (laughs) And and it's like, it was like a dream come true. I'm sure you killed it. I am sure you killed it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so freeing. And I like to use it a part of my dating profile too, but hey, that's neither here nor there. So (laughs) now you said that you um, met your partner throughout this burlesque journey. So I, growing up, I was super boy crazy. I didn't understand it when I would meet gay people. And I was like, I don't understand how that works. Like how, cause I was so, I was like dyed in the wool heterosexual. Like I just, I couldn't understand anything out of that binary. And when I got into burlesque, there was definitely a huge queerification of mm-hmm. my entire mind, my body, my heart. And I started to realize like, oh, it's no gay people have existed forever and they're not going away and there's nothing to be scared of. It's just love in a different shape. That's all it is. And did you think it was a new thing too? Because when I was younger, I thought it was a new thing. (laughs) I did think it was new simply because I've grown up in such a rigid heteronormative culture society. Mm -hmm. You know, the the occasion, like my gym teacher was gay. And I remember Mm -hmm. sort of hearing whispers in my drives in middle school because like everybody's Kids can be such jerks in middle mm-hmm. school. And I say that with an enormous amount of love for my own jerky self uh, <laughs> in sixth grade. But it, you know, I, it was one of those things where it was just like, oh, huh, that's strange. I don't want to use the word aberration in the mm-hmm. negative connotation term, but it was just like, oh, wow, that's just outside of the norm. I don't, it, mm-hmm. it, I didn't take it personally. I did, I wasn't threatened by it, but it was just like, huh, that's super different. And I don't understand it, but cool. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I went along and fast forward to going to one of my closest friend's weddings. 
and uh, my wife was the videographer and we met and she definitely let it be known that she was attracted to me. And I was like, whoa, I whoa, that's a lot of energy. Like, I really <laughs> like you. I'm a big admirer of you because she's a filmmaker. I was like, I love your work, but like, I just, I just want to be friends, you know, so on and so forth. And fast forward, you know, we ended up spending a ton of time together. And before I knew it, I was like, wait a second, I have a crush on her. Wait a minute. I actually really like her. Wait, oh my gosh, do I love her? Like, what? Mm. I mean, it was, it blew my mind apart when I did finally kiss her for the first time. And I kissed her first. She did not kiss me first because she was like, well, whatever, like, Anna's not interested, you know, she's straight. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be friends with her. And I just went for it one night. I mean, I may have had a little bit to drink, (laughs) Uh, maybe a lot even, but I ended up following what my heart was saying. And like, my mind was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you abort, abort, abort. Mm -hmm. And my body's like, no, I want to be with this woman. Mm. I, I can't make sense of it. And that's okay. And It was as if an entire, if I could compare my brain to like an enormous mansion, it was like I knocked a wall down and discovered a pair of doors and like discovered this entire wing of myself that I never knew existed before. Wow. And I suddenly started like thinking back to like, oh, friendships in high school, friendships in college. I was like, oh my gosh, I had a crush on that person and I didn't even realize it. I just thought we were like great friends and we got along like a house on fire. I had absolutely no language or understanding of the fact that I actually am romantically attracted to this person, but it like, I didn't Mm -hmm. even have that understanding in my own mind. So I wouldn't have been able to do anything with it. And I remember, you know, women coming on to me in college and I was fascinated but I was mm-hmm. also like, no, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. You know, sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I really like you. Let's stay friends. Blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until I met Lola, my wife, and I was like, oh, oh, there's something more to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never mind. And we've been married now for five years and it's heaven. Wow. I couldn't, I can't imagine a better partner to go through life with. I couldn't imagine. And so do you two plan on uh, doing a video of this? <laughs> like this, uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel we like this is an amazing could. love story. <laughs> You know, we actually could. We've spoken about it quite a bit because she is a filmmaker. And I was like, how cool would it be? Because even when I came out to my friends and my family, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And I don't have anything to base that terror on apart from a really deep fear of judgment. Mm. Because I don't have, in my physical history, I don't have a history of violence. I'm very fortunate that way. I don't have, you know, if anything got come down hard on in my house, it was, you know, manners or behaviors or poor word usage, both my parents mm-hmm. were English majors. So oh, it wasn't used in your house, was it? <laughs> oh, goodness. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, but my, I was really fortunate that my family, my, my brother and my father had a hard time with it mm. for whatever reason. But my mom was like, great, cool. Welcome to the party. But it was, I was, when I told my friends, because we dated for a few months before I shared with everybody, because Mm -hmm. I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship with a guy. And it was like one of these things where it's like, I don't, I just, I want to keep this for myself. I don't Mm want to share this. I'm not interested in other people's opinions. And when I did finally start to tell people, I was so nervous and I was so scared of being made fun of or anything. Mm -hmm. And every single person except for one said, Oh, that makes sense. I could see that. Sure, you guys having fun? And I was like, what? What? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> like I've shown up wearing like, you know, a Kevlar vest, <laughs> like ready for the onslaught. I'm like, oh, that's it. You really yeah. not what? <laughs> so it, it, in, in that way, I was I was extremely fortunate as well. Be like, hey, world, this is this is my love. Welcome. Mm-hmm. But the 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 flip side of that was having my eyes opened to what it's like to be gay mm-hmm. in our society. I mean, you know, growing up and living in New York City, you know, I had gone my whole life walking down the street. You know, do 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 do. Everything was you know fine and dandy, smiling, people waving. But when I walked down the street holding my wife's hand, people looked at us differently. And I mm-hmm. had never experienced that before. And that was a really sobering moment because my wife, she grew up in Denver and she unfortunately experienced a lot of gay bashing and, mm-hmm. you know, violence because of both what she looked like. And she's been gay, you know, from the word go. And mm-hmm. that was very apparent for the football team and everybody else who wanted to gang up on her. So she was used to that already. And for me, I was like, why are people giving me a stink eye right now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, because they don't approve of this, whatever it is. And I was like, well, it broke my heart in a lot of ways. And then I was like, okay, I got to learn to roll with the punches. I cannot walk down the street and have my heart broken every five minutes. That's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. But also, how do I get to use this to not just strengthen our container, but give strength to others who maybe like me, you know, thought they were straight only to fall in love with a same sex partner mm-hmm. and sort of begin to demystify that a little bit. It's like, it's, it's, there's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. It's just a different shaped body coming in that you are mm-hmm. going to share love with. That's it. Yes. And it's been a journey. And I think that's wonderful that you are able to share that story with everybody because I have found like just with the population that I work with, like sexual orientation can change over a lifetime too. You know, it doesn't have to be the same because I feel like once you're more comfortable with who you are, as you get older, you start becoming more comfortable with who you're attracted to and who you want to spend time with. And it doesn't have to have a label to it. And it's just yes. really, really great that people like you are willing to go out there and say like, yes, this is possible. It's okay. So thank you for sharing that story with the world. I really appreciate that. Thank you for letting me tell it. And so Anna, where can people find this amazing book with your amazing shoulders on it? <laughs> <laughs> My amazing saucy shoulders. <clears throat> you can find it anywhere where books are sold. The name of it is Stripped Down, How Burlesque Led Me Home. And I am pointing everybody towards bookshop.org, which okay. is a fabulous website, which will support your local booksellers. I'm, I'm big Good into local know. business. So uh, bookshop.org yes. is great. But if you know some of the bigger retailers are your only option, that's totally cool as well. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everything else that I'm totally forgetting right now. <laughs> you can Google it's at Target. I know it's at Target. Isn't that Target? Wow. It is. It is. I don't think it's being carried on the shelves, but it is on their website. They should carry it on their shelves. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Next to the socks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any social media people can follow you on? Absolutely. I actually have a two-part social media. My daytime name is Anna Brooke and Anna Brooke Healing. And Brooke has an E on the end. So AnnaBrookeHealing.com. I'm also Anna Brooke Healing on Instagram. But then the burlesque side of things is my stage name is Reverend Legs Malone. And so you can find me at LegsMalone.com. I am the minister with the 34 and a half inch inseam. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at RevLegsMalone. And I'm all over Facebook under both names. And Twitter too, now that I think about it. 
Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna, for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your story. And I look forward to seeing all that you are bringing the world in the future. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. All right, Chit Chatters, make sure you go over to wherever you get your books, hopefully a small bookshop um, or independent bookshop online. And also, if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our podcast so that Spotify and iTunes knows that there's somebody out there listening and enjoying our podcast. All right, everyone, until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Bye-bye. Mwah.